This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Mike Hennig's foul! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Hard deflection and a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cradley! Colin Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! Joe, hello. Rich, nice to speak to you again. I, I didn't expect on Thursday that we'd be speaking again so soon, but I think even though we managed to have a live cup draw on the last pod, captured <laughs> for posterity, um, a lot of news came out as soon as that was pretty much uploaded, didn't it? We lived by the sword and we died by the sword. For a rare moment, there was a there was an opportunity to record at a earlier time because of work commitments. So we rolled the dice. I rolled the dice. I got the episode out, and I think within ten minutes of the episode going live, Tyrese had signed, and then everyone signed or left, and it became a whole thing. So you know these things happen. It's preseason, but yeah, we've got plenty to talk about on this Sunday afternoon as a result. And if anything happens today, I'll, I'll, I'll take it personally, frankly. Got to be a day of rest, surely. I imagine Scott Lindsay and the squad uh, just tuning into Glastonbury. I saw McCurdy was watching uh, Billy Eilish, and hope everyone else is catching up as well. Yeah, and we saw Swindon Town bucket hats from Seaside Reds himself. So well done. Nice to see us represented, right? That means that you truly belong. You know, if you can get into like the world of uh, you know footy Glasto and you can have your bucket hat photographed, then that is that is recognition. Yeah, I have to say though, Joe, using both footy and Glasto, two of my least favourite phrases 
in one mega word is possibly the angriest I'll ever be. If you could add the word scram to that combination, would that worse or better? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, footy glasto. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. You're the worst. You're the worst. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll have you at least enjoyed Glastonbury? Uh, from the brief bits I've seen so far, yeah, I've in, I've enjoyed it. Always feel like a little bit too old, but quite nice to just watch from the the city and you know enjoy the good weather at home, isn't it? Oh, I couldn't want it any other way. I did the festivals at a younger age. Didn't do Glastonbury. Did Reading. Did one in Belgium. Enjoyed both for different reasons. Although I vowed never to go to Reading again after after two thousand and five because of mostly hygiene reasons. Um, but Belgium redeemed the festival culture for me because it was so clean, so so clean. Our festivals peaked out for me with a summer Sunday at Leicester de Montfort Hall and Gardens. You can't beat a three day festival where you can go home to your own bed and your own shower every day. Who who headlined that one? Uh, people, people, no, people like um, Bell and Sebastian and Elbow. Oh, okay. It was sort of six musicy, twee people. Okay, I get you. I get you. Okay, let's talk Swindon yeah. Town then and catch up on all the things we missed last week, starting with the signing, the permanent signing of Tyrese Shady. We're going to go with Sean Hodgetts on this one and pronounce it Shady. And why not? 22 years old. He was only about 16 when he made his senior debut for Solihull Moors as a 75th-minute sub against Tramier. That game, Joe, was a 9-0 loss, which feels kind of unfair on the young Tyrese, but he did get to play another game, which finished in a draw shortly afterwards. Then he moved to Leicester City's youth setup in 2017, playing regularly alongside players like Hamza Chowdhury, Calvin Bassey, Kin and Dewsbury Hall, and our very own former Loney Admiral Muskway. Town fans will recognise Tyrese from playing against Swindon three times for Walsall last season. I saw one Walsall fan describe him as playing in every position apart from goalkeeper and centre-back last season. Always good to have versatility. But again, plenty of great signing if you stick him on the right. So he's versatile, but according to Walsall fans, we must play him on the right. Your thoughts, Joe? Yes, definitely reading about uh, about the houses on social media, about their reactions on thing. It was felt like he's sort of put all over the place and maybe a bit too far back for some people. I think Flynn was sort of using him as a kind of utility player. I mean, we've got Warsaw again coming up in the, the Carabao Cup and they've been shorthand this year for, you know, some easy points. They've not necessarily turned out that way, but whenever I've seen them in the fixture list, you kind of rub your hands together and, uh, you know, think like game on for that. Um, a good pedigree. I know that it's a good pedigree coming from uh, Leicester Academy. When people are messaging me before, who are friends of uh, friends of mine who support Leicester City, are saying, you know, that's a decent player, or that's been someone that people have been rumbling about on the forum. So you probably got a good signing there. Um, and I had a little a little scour back for the old trivia notes that um, McCurdy, of course, made a brief cameo at Leicester under twenty threes, and they they've played. One solitary game together. There you go. One one with Brighton under twenty threes, um, but I presume that in that that weird sort of flex time between Port Vale and I don't know what this deal out was going to the under twenty threes of whether they're feeling out taking him on or taking him off. It'd their be a trial hands game. Or yeah, it would be a trial game. A couple of trials. This was in the uh, 
the under 23s Premier League or whatever it is that they have, but um, they would have made that connection, maybe had something of a relationship in those brief training times, so they won't be complete strangers. Uh, I think it's I think it's potentially exciting. There was definitely definitely a few grumblings which you always like to see, with a couple of Warsaw fans thinking that they were sure that they would have been able to capture his signature for themselves and not exactly, you know, wailing and gnashing and pulling up trees, but a bit of mild disappointment, which is which is okay to expect at this level, isn't it? Always a good sign, isn't it, when the majority are like, ah, shame. Would have liked him to stick around, but alas, it wasn't to be. I think Swindon's performances against him last season, possibly what, you know, persuaded him to come to Wiltshire because it's very hard because I remember seeing his name on the team sheet because what a surname. But I can't really say how well he played or how badly he played because we were so dominant in those league fixtures. Um, so it's tough. But I, I do remember some people point him out as one of their better players in the on the last game of the season. So hopefully that's true. But it, it was a tough ask, that, that, that first half at the Bescott. And, well, we absolutely ripped them apart at the county ground, didn't we? But here's hoping. He's got a good pedigree and we'll take that and um, hope that he's exactly what Sandro and and Scott Lindsay are looking for. Shandy and Shady. Yeah, let's, uh, let's hope so. <laughs> also joining the club, this time on loan, is Middlesbrough goalkeeper Sol Brin. Sounds like a, a nice Welsh name there for you, Joe. 21 years old, product of Middlesbrough's youth system, playing in the under-18s and under-21s, but he's yet to play for the senior side. Bryn spent the first half of last season in the Scottish Championship with Queen of the South, where he kept five clean sheets in 16 appearances before being recalled. Queen of the South actually had a pretty bad season. They got relegated in the end. Um, Scott Lindsay has stated that Bryn and Ward will fight it out for the number one shirt this season. But surely to goodness, Joe, Middlesbrough won't want him down here sitting on the bench, will they? The, my thoughts exactly. I don't think they want to load someone out to just sort of um, sit and learn. We, I think we are harking back a while back to you know the days of when Stephen Bender joined and we had Luke McCormick in and that he was starting a few games. It just felt like it was just a matter of time until the game came where you know the worm would turn, they would sort of, trade places it does seem a little bit like a um a bit of a confidence dip for lewis ward not for really for any particular reason because of course he was he was integral in that in that run up to the finish you know to get somebody else in especially young hungry loney and like you say he's not going to just be sitting around hoping to get get out in front of crystal palace under 21s after a few weeks he'll be wanting to get game time middlesbrough will want that want that for him so um an unusual usual choice um it's not like ward is particularly old or looking to you know looking to move on he's what like 25 26 something like that and he probably would have thought um you know with other movings in the goalkeeper scene that we'll cover later that that position would have been as as good as his in those when they had the welcome back to training pictures that we were commenting on in the last one i think he didn't exactly look his usual cheery self and there wasn't really a clear reason for it until later that we saw that Solbrin was very much here and giving it the double thumbs up with his gloves in the little pieces to camera. So 
nothing wrong with competition. The same as they said last year, you know, if he was happy to fight for his place with Jojo and perhaps if that made them push each other to be better, it's not that bad a thing to have someone breathing down your back, but I can't see that it's going to uh, be in Middlesbrough's favour to just have somebody um, chuck the ball at him in a warm-up and sit on the bench. Big talking point in the Low Strangers WhatsApp group was goalkeeper gloves with the scarf as in the unveil. What do we think about that? I'm full for it. As long as they're nice and clean, I don't want to see that scarf get dirty. <laughs> do goalkeepers still do the sort of the the X sign in the team photos? Do you remember when that used to be all the rage where they would show their gloves off? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really, really odd, like the deceased in a hearse. Sort of, to see in a coffin sort of stance. It was very odd, very big in the in the in the nineties. Maybe the good people at Sondico insisted on that. You know, when Sondico was was good stuff rather mm. than cheap tap. <laughs> um, he's still only twenty one, so this could be the first loan of several for him. So there's every chance that he might uh, end up number two for a little while, while Lewis Ward's gets the opportunity he probably deserves. I, I do like my lone players. I know we've had Bender more recently be a success and then we've had Kovash who hasn't been as well, wasn't as successful with Swindon, but I do like my lone options to be outfielders, I think. Yeah, we've had a couple of instances in the past, haven't we, with uh, the likes of League One Wes and uh, Viggs, where they've eventually become... And, uh, you know, when you bring in your fine that's a wheelbarrow full of pennies, you might be going back uh, quickly as well. And then then relieved, wouldn't you? The famous Viggs... Uh, five, was it the £500 fine that you paid with penny coins? <laughs> the glory days. Yeah. Oh, Viggs. Truly. Like. Oh, he seems <laughs> like he's... A new man now. He, he's hugely popular. Orient. I've heard no dramas. Really settled in his personal life. It's good to see. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he's made amends with uh, Mr. Wellens as well. I should hope so. We move on to the next signing. Another permanent. Another former Walsall loney. This time it's Reese Devine, 20 years young, a left-sided player who started with Manchester City's youth side before crossing the divide to play for Manchester United's equivalent, where he was a teammate of Matty Kovash, actually, plus many others that more people would have heard of. But let's stick with Kovash for the time being. Last season, he played in the Scottish Premier League a few times with St. Johnston and also played in their European qualifiers too. Um, he spent the second half of the season, as I mentioned there, with Walsall. I think he got injured, didn't play that much, not as uh, positive reviews from Walsall fans in relation to this one, but he really didn't play that much. He did play against Swindon on the final day of the season as well. So this is really going along the lines of pretty much what Dima Cayley has been talking about in terms of the sort of player he's looking for. And then, of course, our head of recruitment, Les Caffrey's based up in Salford, isn't he? So he would have a lot of knowledge of this of this guy. How do you feel about Reese Devine? Uh, it seems almost like the sort of player that I would scout, you know, my sort of amateur football manager, uh, 2022 head on, because mm-hmm. you look at that academy pedigree, Man City, Man United, they don't, they don't sign chumps. And we know that in the, you know, the United state of things that even people that they, you know, they have brought through in recent years, getting flack when they've broken through into the first team, even if they've broken through to international level, they still get flack of not being good enough. So it's not... It's not exactly a fertile ground at the moment for coming through and developing yourself as 
very limited opportunities. And if we go back, you know, years and years to, you know, the heyday of the 90s, there was frequently people who'd be let go by United and even still now, who still managed to forge a decent career as football league players or even, you know, sort of championship level. Some people in still even still breaking, making Premier League careers beyond being let go. I mean, this is this is a club that let Paul Pogba go and is going to let him go again to a club that might have made about, what, 89 million out of the uh, deal? So they're not necessarily the uh, shrewdest of these things. I don't think they're, not, they're going to necessarily get an 89 million deal out of this, but got to think with that kind of pedigree it's got to be worth a punt if he can come in at the uh, at the right price it seems like um seems like a no brainer almost why not do you think Reese Devine is going to be coming in as a first 11 player I, I see at the start of his career he was very much a center back but now he's moved to the left once upon a time Reese Devine would strike me as somebody who starts the season on the bench but we'll discuss depth a bit later on I guess at the moment he's starting. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Because you'd think that even, you know, despite what last season maybe not going quite as well as he could do, again, sort of leaning on that academy pedigree that you'd have, you know, a bit of clout and a bit of allure to you. And if you're dropping all the way down from that level to League Two, you probably fancy your chances that, you know, you would be a starter. And you'd probably be sort of leaning for those reassurances before you put your name on the dotted line. I mean, to come down this level, you're going to think you're obviously going to get regular game time. It's worthwhile to bet on yourself. Um, I mean, Tari Shady must have bet on himself when he got let go by uh, Birmingham Academy to come all the way back down to Solihull and earn his place back in. Um, so to another extent, yeah, I think you would be expecting expecting to be one of the first names on there. Um, there have been a few confirmed exits and a few that look like they're coming very close to being announced, um, starting with Scott Marshall, who has departed for Charlton Athletic to become assistant manager with Ben Garner. Not a major surprise here. A little bit of me thinks because Jamie Day, in his shorter interview on BBC Radio Wiltshire, sort of talked about how everything moved very quickly, um, which makes me think, one, Lindsay's offer and approach was never the plan. It was very much, oh, this this could work. This will work. We want it to work. And also that Scott Marshall was probably the number one choice to be the assistant uh, and, and not Jamie Day, potentially. And this is all hearsay. Uh, sort of. It at least gave the plan that if it was not the club's plan to have uh, Jamie Day in, the you know the sort of revelations as to how uh, Scott Lindsay and he know each other and they're from the sort of same locality makes me think that were Scott Lindsay in this position, it sounded like that having Jamie alongside or on board, that if he could get him is a consideration that he's is given some some thought to in the past. So that did give me some reassurance that he's not just, you know, ringing around and seeing who's available. This is something that it sounds like, you know, when they've passed each other, like Chips of the Night in Kent or Welling or wherever they are, that um, they would have had these sort of provisional, you know, what are you doing now and what are you looking to do and oh, if I get this thing, maybe you'd like to come on board. And it does at least feel like even if the relationship between Swindon and Jamie Day might be very, very new and tentative, that there is something there with uh, Scott Lindsay and Jamie Day. And this is a side of football we don't necessarily see. We see the maps between 
where people have been, who they've worked with. You can see it all the time when you see on social media, you see the likes that players get and you have no history of playing together or seemingly knowing each other. But, you know, they do have relationships and friendships beyond just where they're transferred to. And I think that gave me a little bit more reassurance that they have they have a relationship and understanding of one another. So might be a might be fruitful in that regard. What's your preference in, in coaching staffs? Do you, do you want just your head coach, assistant head coach, or do you like a first team coach in there too, along with the goalkeeper coach, of course? I think, think sort of depth in coaching is, is good when you go for like that sort of coach model. The trick, I guess, is like we've done is where we've got somebody who's moved out from assisting to coach. And I think we've spoken about this before on the pod. I think Terry and Connor both mentioned this is that if people are paying like, you know, the good guy or the bad guy suddenly changing that role into being somebody else and assuming a different role might be difficult. That might be a difficult transition. Um, Just from hearing on the interview or just seeing the general demeanor of Jamie Day seems like quite a positive, uh, positive looking guy. Not sure who's going to be the bad cop in this situation. So, uh, you know, everyone is a lovely lad. Everyone's great. Everyone has a great relationship, loves people to death, all that kind of stuff. So I do like to see a bit of, um, not just a bit of sort of specialities. And they did touch on that on talk of the town between talking of, um, uh, I think talking of, uh, Scott Lindsay covering the other sort of defensive and work at the back area and that Jamie Day would be taking everything forward. Well, that long ball that we heard so much about in the uh, Bangladesh <laughs> role, maybe. But at least, you know, there's a, there's um, assigned roles in that. Yeah, with the coaching model, I guess the sort of breadth and depth, if you've got the head coach who oversees it and then you've got your, what we might traditionally call assistants, but if they've actually got actual designations and you've got everybody covering it from different areas, haven't you? Moving on then, uh, congratulations and rejoice for Coach Nimley because Jojo Wallacott has vacated Swindon Town. He has got himself a three-year contract at Ben Garner's Charlton Athletic. Mm-hmm. He plays in the fourth tier. <laughs> Factos. It's a fact. And me, Mithei, with all my level, oh, my level, I will no. never, I still maintain that. He has to vacate and leave that fourth tier or else he cannot be the Black Stars number one. This created a little bit of angst from fans, but I would say the main noise was that of people actually not being bothered and citing Lewis Ward as the better goalkeeper anyway. We've talked about this to death and there's really no need to do the comparison between Jojo and Lewis Ward anymore because Jojo has gone and we wish him well, but putting Lewis Ward to the side on that matter, I do find it such a shame that Jojo's legacy at town will consist of comments of poor attitude, wasn't the same after the World Cup qualifiers and made loads of mistakes anyway, because I just don't think that's fair. Regardless of what I think of the Jojo versus Ward debate, I think there's a lot of revisionism here when it comes to Jojo Wallacott's Swindon career. Yeah, I don't understand this thing at all. I well, was surprised to hear Scott Lindsay say that it was a surprise to him that he'd go, because I just think, well, where have you been? That seemed quite evident from the off. And I've no, I've no problem with it. Last season, or the season before last, you know, when we were you know, in League One having that horrible season, he came to Swindon on loan, cut short because he was on that 
week by week loan deal that we had where we had all the goalkeepers coming through. And then in the break, he was still retained by Bristol City and something along there. I don't know where the offer came from, if this was, you know, the last act of the old regime to get people in or whatever was going on. But yeah, he must have bet on himself to say that he would come down to League Two and he would, you know, quit the quit the city gig with however that was arranged out. He bet on himself that he could, you know, play regular first team football. He had the ambition of playing for his country, which was just, you know, as stated ambition as as any. He got picked, he got capped, he got qualification to the World Cup. Um, but I don't think even from that first year out, to get somebody to, you know, have canned what was their established deal at City, which was still ongoing, so there must have been, you know, either a fear involved or some kind of arrangement. I never expected that to have like a sort of level of permanence, especially if we weren't going to go up straight away. That has another element to it. So I don't know where people are getting this expectation of having a a bad attitude. I think I'd said this on the WhatsApp group and I maintain this here. There's not such a conspiracy that Ben Garner isn't picking Jojo Woolacott in that run into the playoff because he knows that he'll get a job at Charlton and then they can all team up like later in the summer. That's just, that's, that's another level of conspiracy theory, but he's going to have a set, a hard choice. Same as, you know, a lot of players who play for smaller nations who are going for world cup qualification, naming, naming none in that kind of uh, bracket through there, but he's going to have a choice that he would have been caught in a difficult place because I'm sure there would have been championship teams that would have been interested in him. Would they have been interested in him playing every week as number one? He's probably got the best fit of going to, you know, Charlton. We might not like to say it, but it's obvious from, you know, their moves and it might seem a bit scattergun and maybe they will, they won't they, we don't know yet. Will they get there? They're upwardly looking, aren't they? They want to be going for promotion this year. And if he's playing with Ben Garner, he's played with all of last season. That goes to show that he can't have had a terrible attitude that much if the manager who took us through the whole of next season decides, yep, I'll have you at my new club. I just think Jojo Wallacott is, and this isn't the full responsibility or the full reason of why people are reacting the way they did, but I just think Jojo was a, a victim of this anti-media stance that the Ghana era had within its squad where, you know, we've already heard more from Scott Lindsay in, you know, away from match day than we have, or we did with, with Ben Ghana. We we've already heard more from Jamie day than we did of Scott Marshall, you know, pretty much. So, you know, and when you see Jojo Wallacott, who has, as my, as my family would say, a face like thunder, (laughs) <laughs> on a regular basis and uh, you know I was always told off as a kid for having a face like thunder you know looking miserable when there was no need to look miserable and his interview with Charlton Athletic was the first time I think I've ever heard him talk you know in in terms of talking to the media so I think there are players that are going to be victim of assumptions because we never got to know them we didn't get to know Ghana we didn't get to know Marshall we didn't get to know people like Jojo Wallacott or Mandela Egbo, which for the latter, it seems an absolute crime because he, he looks like he great, great fun. And Harry McCurdy did things on his own terms, didn't he? And that's why it's another reason why everyone leaned towards Harry, because he was one of the only people that we did 
here and get some character from regardless of what that content was. So I do think Jojo is a victim of the policy that Ghana implemented at Swindon last year. Yeah, and it seemed it was a little bit unkind because I could see some of our fans having a dig and sniping at his interview that he had with Charlton because he seemed a little bit stilted and not that confident in front of the camera. That all sort of comes with with practice, you know, sitting in a press conference with the guys from the Adver and from BBC Wiltshire and Total Sports. They're all sort of experiences that go in there and footballers probably don't like it, but it is a reality of life that media training is a big part of that. And yeah, I, just because somebody is not necessarily that confident in giving interviews or if they're not giving the, uh, you know, the Michael Doughty style woos when they come into the dressing room in the behind the scenes footage, that doesn't necessarily belie their, you know, their true character or their true demeanor. The multiple Charlton stories seems to have, well, it did rattle the fan base a little bit um, last week, didn't it? When we, we had Ghana, Marshall, Egbo, Jojo, an analyst all leave to the Valley. And then the Lou Reed rumour kicked in. And I think there's even a Jack Payne rumour too. Plenty of anti Ghana rhetoric. I mean, I joked about him having a smug expression in photos, but it goes no more beyond that. You know, I've got absolutely no beef with the guy and it's logical that he's going to take some of his foot soldiers, so to speak. There can't be many more, though. You know, if it's going to be anyone, it has to be the two that I've mentioned because there will come a point, and I'm sure it's already there, where Charlton fans are going to start saying, Swindon only finished low playoffs and didn't go up. You know, it, it, we, we've got aspirations to get back in the championship. You know, the more we sign the less confident maybe they'll be of their Charlton side, even though we know as individuals, these players are very, very good. I think that started already. I think literally reading their end of social media, there's already that sort of feeling that, you know, why are we signing all of these Swindon players or raiding Swindon players? I mean, you know, to, to my view that Egbo is a no brainer because he was, of course, training with us on a favour and then had signed through and he was very much uh, Garner's boy. Jojo, I think it goes to show, as we've already just said, it's not an issue of his attitude or thinking you know, he's too big for his boots if Garner's happy to take him on. And as a move for him, it makes sense, particularly about what his next, uh, next half of a year will consist of. I almost feel like were they to go for Payne and Reed, and what a huge coup they would both be, I still think that surely have to only be one more because I'm not sure that the fan base are going to uh, take kindly to two more coming in, even though that we know that they would be more than good enough to compete at that level. Um, yeah, that, that sort of ripple of, you know, these guys didn't even go up and yet this is who we're building a squad round and all this Ghana guy seems to have is guys that he's played with last season in his arsenal. It has to, has to sort of break a bit out of that. Um, if I was going to pick one of the two, just for circumstance of it's somebody else who's out of contract, I think pain is the big loss. So when it gets to where we're actually starting to pay fees, and if we see people like Reed and Williams getting targeted, especially because Williams has been there already and didn't really set the Charlton world on fire, I think they liked him, but he didn't exactly fulfil potential. I don't think that their patience uh, will wear much thinner. 
So our very own Ryan Walker has been very, very busy recently. Great to see, but not when it's particularly negative for Swindon. During Jojo Wallacott's exit, he, as I said, mentions that Ghana was keen on Louis Reed, And he has also said that it's very likely, or that in fairness, he says, as things stand, Jack Payne will not sign a new contract with Swindon Town, contract offered. But big clubs like Sheffield Wednesday are showing interest. So it's looking like we're going to lose Jack Payne here. If only we pay Payne, get Payne paid or feel Payne. How how can we compete with teams like Sheffield Wednesday, really? Um, I suppose just getting some sort of windfall from somewhere would be useful. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just thinking where that could come from. Twymere River. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a consideration, is it? Because you've got that you've got that move coming through. If you want to come across on that now, you want to talk a bit about that now. Scott Twines joined Burnley for an undisclosed fee. Uh, the The fee that's been doing the rounds is four million, which means Swindon will pocket around three quarters of a million, maybe more, depending on who is actually accurate with that. So. You know, instead of putting it on all those sort of historical uh, debts, just for once, get pain paid or feel pain. It's more than reasonable to use a good chunk of that and not even, you know, not even to break half of it. Even if we're using 30% of that for budgetary reasons, there's a lot that could be done with that, I think. Mm. Um, we didn't touch upon because we talked about that we've gone through the players that were offered uh offered deals and offered contracts. So we've had an update from Woolacott. You know, he's gone. We had an update from Egbo that he is gone. Pay pain. He's still out there, but maybe we've got the, maybe we've got the wherewithal from this to actually, uh, you know, come back to the negotiating table. I think that'd be a useful uh, thing to do. People like Reed and Williams, you know, if Ghana is after them, we know that we, they would command a fee anyway. So that's, we could hold out a bit more now that we've got that bolster. Um, Akin Odomeo, we're still not hearing about any resolution on that but I think we had some indication as well about the, although last we heard the update was talks and that was the same that Sean Hodges brought up that it was talks with Rob Hunt um, that Scott Lindsay hasn't heard from Rob Hunt or hasn't spoken to him and which is, which is extraordinary if we're in talks, right? Yeah, well exactly, who's having these talks I wonder because these talks started before him and Dean McKayley started, I think, when the released and retained list came out, we still had Garner in charge, didn't we? We did. And obviously in the background there may have been a rejection outright. There may no there may have been no talks at all. Who knows? But in the talk of the town conversation with Sean Hodgetts, Scott Lindsay didn't answer the question definitively, but he pretty much said Rob Hunt will have no you know, problem getting offers elsewhere, essentially, didn't he? Just forgot to say if he doesn't accept our uh, our talks, which are obviously ongoing. Definitely, definitely yeah. happened, hundred percent. So it looks like we're we're losing poor old Rob Hunt. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look well. But then if you're taking that out of the equation, then we if we're looking at Odomayo and Payne, there should be enough in there to make improvements or to refine those offers. We don't know what the status is because we haven't had an update on. On that. Yeah, well, you know, Rob Hunt has been a good servant to us, but, you know, he's not... Oh, I was a big fan of Rob Hunt, so it'll be sad seeing him at Orient, no doubt, 
at the start of the season. And, um, well, these things happen, don't they? But hopefully he'll be replaced adequately. There was also, I'm told, because I miss a lot of stuff, because I'm not really lurking around on social media so much at the moment, that there was a Lou Reed to Charlton rumour of 100,000 plus Davison, which in 2022 terms, only Swindon Town would would get £100,000 for a contracted player with the pedigree of Lou Reed plus a player. It, it, it seems so Swindony. I, I can't help but find it believable, but I'll be gutted if we don't really profit financially from him if we were to sell him. But frankly, we should be laughing at any bid unless it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, no shade or shady on... Uh... Davison and he had a cameo recently about being back in Swindon someone had filmed him and I don't know maybe he was just clearing his flat out or something like that we don't know that sort of offer especially like I say if we've got that if we've got that bolster and depending on what we want to do with it if we've got three quarters of a million pounds um, coming in from a a sell-on then we can use that, you know, to to kind of hold off on accepting those sorts of offers or even entertain them. They'd have to be for me. Louis Reed would have to command more than that. But it does belie if we're tallying up. Um, I think we were talking beforehand of how many people that we had on there, and this was maybe the bit in the talk of the town that had lost me a bit because um, Scott Lindsay is saying, you know, in the running, in the running to uh, these last few games, we had 25 registered players or that nodding along. Yeah. And three of them were goalkeepers. Yeah, exactly. And then he was saying, I want something smaller. I want to be about sort of what, 22 man squad. Well, I'm just thinking back to those you know, sort of injuries that we had of, you know, losing, you know, Cooper and Tomlinson and Leiden. Leiden. And before you know it, your 22 is down to, you know, core. 19 some of those of which are made up like first year pros it's not an ideal position to be in and even though we didn't have the biggest squad last year being able to utilize things like the Chippenham loan system and how people like Aguiar and Parsons managed to use that Aguiar seemed to be competing at a level that was you know way beyond National League South and really you know really impressed everybody down that way Similar story in a way to Parsons, but you know he had his loan sort of abruptly cut short. And if if you're being pulled back to you know sit on the bench and sort of cameo from 88 minutes onwards, you're not really you're not really developing in any way. So if we're going to lean on getting younger pros in, they've got to get the minutes from somewhere. And if you've got a super small squad, it only takes a couple of injuries to pick up before you're not getting the minutes from everywhere. You have to be ready to be in that match day squad. And you might be lucky to get a, you know, a dribble towards the end, especially if games are going to be tight. So I think the next few weeks are going to be crucial to see who we get in, what positions are covered and and where we're going. Yeah, completely agree. If we're taking Lindsay's comments about a smaller than 25 squad, a 22 person squad on face value, we're taking it literally, then locked in, we have 17 players already. In terms of senior players, we've got Iandolo, Baudry, Gladwin, Leiden, who's out until at least October, McCurdy, Ward, Williams, Reed, and Shady. And then after that, you've got the inexperience. You've got Agua, Parsons, Dabre, Calmeadow, Minton, Bryn, Devine, and Massey. So 
that means those final five places, and Odomeo might be one of those five, so that takes us down to four if we're doing it on literal terms. We expect pain to go by the sounds of it now. So that leaves us with four or five places where are they even going to utilize the loan market that much this time round, given their new model of bringing in young players and looking to sell them on? So they really need to nail the the transfer market. And that doesn't mean that it needs to be a 26-year-old. That, that could be an 18-year-old. It's just that 18, 19, 20-year-old has to bloody nail it, doesn't he? And, and, and that will be really, really interesting. And when it comes to selling players, if you're going to sell contract to players like Reed then you're going to have questions about the club's ambition raised. You just you just are. And for all of the sound bites we've had from Swindon so far in the new era, we've not heard them really talk about competing for promotion. There's been a lot of talk about development. Maybe it goes without saying. Maybe, you know, we're in a 46-game season, and of course the ambition is to get out of the division in a positive way. But there hasn't been really much talk of that. And if you sell Reed with this 22-man squad that you that you aspire to have, then there's going to be questions of, of Swindon's ambitions here, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. I think to put it to put it very simply, very plainly, and this is you know, this is not being putting the club on a downer or you not know, people on this pod contributing being pessimistic about it. If we're having the conversation about ticket prices and ticket prices for concessions and £20 to go to the town end if that doesn't come with a caveat of because we're really going to go for it this season and we need your help and need your support and if that's builders come and see Massey and Divine and the stars of tomorrow today that won't cut it I don't think for the fans it certainly won't cut it to get 10k gates which I think is the the big issue I don't remember and I think I've said this to you before, and we all remember the the decadent days of the late nineties and you know post Premier League era, and thinking that Swindon were back on the up. It's only those sorts of times, which is from the early times of my supporting Swindon, that I remember ten k plus gates regularly. Yeah, things like last season is an anomaly, and we can't. That's still showing us green on the advisory that we want to get six k season ticket holders and get an average of about ten k. That's not. That's not usual in League Two, whoever you are. And it's not a given. And you need to be ambitious, I think, to achieve that. And there'll always be a core that will support the club, whatever. And I think there'll always be a core of people who support the club if, you know, if the message is we're going to develop players and we're going to be slow and steady. I think if that's the messaging or if that's what the ambition is, people will go along with it if it's transparent. But Personally, I think that's at odds when you're trying to address things like ticket prices and say we want to be as competitive as everybody else. I think it's a big ask, really. Every football player has their price, and I'm not down on this pre-season, this this summer, until I see the rest of the signings, and I know that's going to go all the way until the window closes, most likely. And I personally cannot see this being a... 22-man squad with those fringe players that should be going out to Chippenham Town and Bath City and and so forth for their development, for Swindon's benefit too. So I I personally think we're going to have 22 with three or four out on loan, like on long-term non-league loans or two or three, because to expect some of those players to be drafted in 
is a big ask if you're looking to finish in the top three, top seven. It's a huge ask. And who knows? They might do it. And and God, I hope they do. But I think from post Port Vale where I'm like, next season automatic has to happen and I think it will. I think it's dipped a little bit in my expectations and it could go up again quite easily in the next two weeks, one week, five days tomorrow, depending on on what happens in the market. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And we're less than a week away from Melksham and that's going to be good fun. And, And we'll talk about all these comings and goings or stayings or nothings over the next week. But I think I think that's everything, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, I think that's it. And I, I don't imagine it'll be very long till you're back on the microphone again, judging on how last week went. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll cover it all. And there's, there's plenty going on, isn't there? So until then, Joe, two in a row. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rich. Bye-bye. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.